It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Crash and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show exclusively on LTN Radio and happily a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Station Manager Matt. And I'm Mo. On today's show, are eSports the next mission field? It's also Game Day Wednesday. We'll have a bad joke, tales of Florida man, five random facts, and things we love, and more. But first, today is Wednesday, October fourteenth, fourteenth, twenty twenty, and we've mm-hmm. got a holiday to celebrate. Yep, yep. It is national. It, uh, hold on, first of all, this is a serious one. Okay. Okay. So I need for everybody to just get into a serious mindset real quick. Okay. It is National Pet Obesity Day. Okay. Pets come in all shapes and sizes, but sometimes sizes get a little out of hand. That's why on October 14th, we recognize National Pet Obesity Day. This is serious, Mo. To remind people to keep their pets healthy. When your pooch starts getting a little plump, you know it's time for a few things. More walks, less table scraps, and perhaps even an additional visit to the vet to make sure they're still healthy. While a rotund rover can be cute or funny to look at, the extra layer for lovin' can have some serious consequences. Thanks to National Pet Obesity Day, we can now all learn more about this problem among our beloved pets. I am appalled that you had fat shamed these pets like this. (laughs) No, I totally get it. You know what? You know what? This reminds me of something I just saw uh, this morning. Rebel Wilson, you know Rebel Wilson mm-hmm. from those movies that you like mm-hmm. that I promised you I'd watch and I still haven't watched. I don't even remember I'm what so they're called. So mad at you what right now. Called? Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Haven't watched them yet. I will one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> but she she has lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a significant amount. Yeah. And there was a big article about why it's bad. That she's lost so much weight? Why it's so sad when celebrities who are known, who, get, who become celebrities when they're overweight, like Adele mm-hmm. and Rebel Wilson, there have been several others. Mm-hmm. Sherry lose, Shepard. Lose weight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then it feels like the overweight individuals in the world don't have role models anymore. And I'm thinking, no, that's the role model part. That is them being a role model. <laughs> Can I just be really honest, though, about Rebel Wilson? Yes. I think she's prettier, bigger. The article that I looked at specifically took screenshots of her worst moments on in her movies. Yeah. For, for her before pictures. Okay. But I do recall her from things like National... No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. National Night Treasure. The, no, Night or, at the Museum. Yeah, sorry. Uh, see, I was doing the exact same thing you were. <laughs> Night at the Museum 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, she's all right looking. She's, she's a pretty girl. Bad. Yeah, she's pretty. Mm-hmm. But she can 
definitely make the comedic ugly face. Who was the other one? Uh, it was uh, um, the girl that was in that TV show. Um, Molly and Mike and Molly. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, she's been in a hundred movies now. It's really funny, but I don't Suki remember Suki from Gilmore Girls. Um, McCarthy. Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah. She lost a bunch of weight, too. Got kicked off of that show. Because Mike and like, Molly? Yeah. Because really? she lost too much weight. And the whole show was about them being the funny fat couple. Hmm. I'm like, what? Look... I understand not wanting to fat shame people. You don't want to make fun of people for being fat. But we, again, are in this mode where we take it too far to where we're like, also, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not unhealthy, and there's never any downside. And so just stop saying that you should lose weight. We should stop having science tell us we should lose weight. Like, it goes that far. Well, I feel like that... That is our society yeah, in as all, a whole. All areas, yeah. We don't want to offend. We don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But it goes so far as even if it's medically advisable, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. In fact, change what it says mm-hmm. in the book, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's so ridiculous that Rebel Wilson can lose all that weight to where she's feeling comfortable with herself and mm-hmm. she feels proud of the accomplishment she made. And the only response that can be given on a public, like a national platform, like this was in a magazine or a popular website or something, is, gosh, I wish she stayed fat so I feel better about myself. <laughs> Follow yeah. what she's doing. Then you'll feel better about yourself too. Yeah. I want to feel better about myself. I don't want to feel better about me being fat. I want to be healthier. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't ever want to reach the point where like, eh, okay, I'll just be fat forever. That's fine. Because it's not. I can't get down on the ground with my kids very easily. I can't ride in roller coasters. There's a whole lot of downsides. Got to buy two seats on the plane. Forget that mess. Mm-hmm. I want all that out of my life, which is why I'm really trying to stick to keto and not doing a great job of it right now. But I really got to get over this stuff. And the moment I lose that drive and just settle into, now big is beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to stay like this the rest of my life. There's nothing wrong with me. That's when I know I'm going to die of diabetes. That's when I know my foot's going to get chopped off one day. You know? It's that kind of... Min- <sighs> just. But that scene is hateful. I'm sure there's someone listening to this now that will see that as hate when that's not hate. Yeah. It's me wanting you to be healthier, Mm -hmm. to live longer, to live better, to live with a higher quality. Me wanting that same thing for myself. Mm -hmm. We can be in this together. Well, and here's the thing. There is no perfect size for any... I'm not saying you got to be skinny either. And that's the thing. There are thousands of skinny people who are not healthy. Mm -hmm. And so what I want, you know, I have numerous people in my life who even myself I'm not healthy by any standard let's just be clear here um but what I want is for everyone in my life who I love to be healthy right to live to live (laughs) as long as possible you know and that I don't want you to be skinny I don't want you to be muscular I don't want you to be anything that goes outside of who you are but I do want you to be healthy right and so that also translates to our pets. Exactly. My gosh. <laughs> I took us down that rabbit trail, and I'm sorry. We're but not I mean, doing this today. But no, but when you think about it, 
I don't hear really anybody saying, my pet's beautiful the size he is no matter what, and we're not going to try and make him healthier so he'll live longer or have less health problems or anything. You don't ever hear anybody say that. No. So why would you say that about yourself? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's move on. Before love yourself we, as much as you love your pets, guys. Before we... <laughs> Go crazy, like we did on Tuesday. I don't want to. I don't want to have a repeat. I don't want to. Okay, we are going to play a game, and this is going to be a new adventure here because we're going to play Wednesday. a game on our Alexa. Seriously, Echo dot here. we just talked about it just yesterday. Talked about it. Do, 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 do. Turning it up so y'all can hear it. Beep, beep. I'm pretty sure they can hear it at this point. Can you hear it? All right. <laughs> so we're going to get help from our Echo Dot here. We're going to play a game of true or false. So Alexa is going to ask us uh, some true or false questions. Each, most, of, most correct answers wins. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Alexa, play true or false. Voice Arcade. Welcome back to True or False. How many people want to play? Two. Two. Two people want to play. Great two it is. I'll ask you five questions each and then we'll see how you got on. Player one, true or false, the rupee is the currency of India. True. True. Boom. You're right. Other countries, including Pakistan and Indonesia, use their own version of the rupee. Player two, true or false, dogs don't sweat. False. I'm impressed. Dogs sweat from areas with no fur, such as the nose and paw pads. Player one, true or false, the kidneys partially stop operating during sleep. True? Bad luck. No major organs stop working at all during sleep. It seems so Player weird. Player two, I it true or true. false, most people in the world originally descended from Africa. False. Bad luck, you got oh. that one wrong. Most Eurasians descend from a single group of humans who swept out of Africa 50,000 to 60,000 years ago. That's interesting. Player one, true or false, a caterpillar has more muscles in its body than a human. True. Nice one. Some caterpillars have up to 4,000 muscles in their body compared to just 639 in humans. Player two, true or false, the shape of a Pringle chip is called a Pringleoid. True? Better luck next time. It is called a hyperbolic paraboloid. Player one, true or false, more than 1,000 people live in Antarctica. False. Oops, you got that one wrong. It's around 4,000 in summer and 1,000 in winter. Player two, true or false, the largest organ in your body is your liver. I don't know. Uh, False? I don't know. Good work. Your liver is your largest internal organ. Your largest overall is your skin. Player one, true or false, (laughs) Richard Nixon's middle name was Milhouse. True. 
Well done. Milhouse was his mother's maiden name. Player 2, true or false, Diego is a tiger from the animated film Madagascar. True. Actually, you're wrong. Diego is a saber-toothed tiger from the Ice Age films. That's the end of this round. Let's see how you got on. Player 1, you got 3 right. Player 2, you got 2 right. Which means player 1 wins this one. Would you like to play another round? No. no. Cancel. <laughs> Alexa, cancel. Alexa, shush. Shush your mouth. Alexa, thank you. Okay, I've stopped the stream. You're darn right you have. <laughs> I liked that. That Remember was fun. that you love me and not Matt. <clears throat> I have done nothing to you. <laughs> I'm the I'm the champion. I win that round. Whatever. Three to two. I know Whatever. things. Mo thinks she's so big. She makes her own facts now. Guess what? You ain't got nothing on trivia games. I'm surprised you got Why the liver thing. Why are you being thing. so rude? I honestly did not think liver was the right answer. But I guess I didn't hear him say internal. Yeah. I just thought he said organ. I'm like, I know that's the skin. I know it's the skin. And he well, said liver. And you I'm know, like, he yes. said, he said, I said false. And he said that I was right because your skin is your largest organ. That's not what the question was. You said the word liver. I know. Right. Yeah. It didn't say true or false. It's the liver. It said, what's the largest internal organ, in, or what's the largest organ in your body? But I didn't say liver. You said I liver. would have never thought liver. You no, did. I am not that smart. Now, did it say true or false? Maybe yes, it, it said true or false. Thank you very much. You're right. Hey, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Mm hmm. I know I am. Oh, Either way. talking a big game about how I don't know no, no I still trivia got and this and that. You don't know what's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> You don't even know where you are at the moment, okay? Get it together. Good grief. All right, it's time for the adventures of Florida Man. Oh, my word. Bible thumping. Florida Man accused of throwing a holy book at a deputy. But it gets weirder. A man who just broken into his neighbor's home because he claimed God told him. Mm-hmm. To throw a Bible at a deputy who responded to the scene, according to Marion County. So he broke into the home because God told him that a deputy's coming and you need to throw a Bible at this deputy. Mm -hmm. That's the, the contention. It sounds right. Deputy said the victim called them on September 22nd because he returned to his home in Summerfield after being gone for about an hour, found that his door had been kicked in. Man's neighbor, 39-year-old Robert Hoskins, told him, I expletive up, man, I was mad, record show. <laughs> Hoskins had, had asked the victim to borrow clothes, and when the man declined, he waited until he left and then kicked down the door, according to the affidavit. Deputies said that as they arrived at the scene, Hoskins approached them while wearing only underwear. I mean, you kick down the door, you went in, you had time, put clothes on, right? Mm -hmm. Steal the guy's clothes and put them on. That's what you went there for. Mm -hmm. Yelled something along the lines of, I condemn you, and threw a Bible, hitting a deputy in the face. After that, record show Hoskins was hit with a taser so that he could be subdued and handcuffed. <sighs> Good times. Mm -hmm. Good times in Florida. Yeah, it definitely sounds legit. <laughs> so, Mo, do you prefer whole or almond milk? Almond. Well, 
A fight over which is better lands a Florida man in jail. Mm-hmm. Debate over milk on Sunday <laughs> landed a Florida man behind bars. Just Justin Garcia, who's 30, is charged with aggravated battery. According to the Lee County Sheriff's Office and the Facebook post, post authorities post. wrote that Garcia cried over spilled milk because the victim wouldn't agree that his choice of milk was obviously superior. This is the world we live in. <laughs> a criminal complaint states that a deputy responded shortly after 2 p.m. Sunday to the home, to a home in Lay Acres where Garcia and his cousin were arguing over which is better, whole milk or almond milk. Their verbal argument became physical when Garcia became enraged at the victim for disagreeing with them, the complaint states. Garcia proceeded to punch the victim with a closed fist to the victim's left side of the forehead. I mean, good night. This reminds me of that short video clip of the two guys arguing over the Wizard of Oz. You remember that one? No. Where the guy, the guy's all, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the Wicked Witch of Witch came down in a bubble, Doug. Just saying all these ridiculous things that they're yelling at each other. The other one's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab him. And he pulls out his knife and walks towards him. It's the funniest thing. I'm going to have to show it to you after this. But it's like, we can get so heated over some stupid stuff. By the way, health-wise, almond milk is probably better for you. But taste-wise, normal milk, of course. See, and I prefer the taste of almond milk. Really? I don't taste anything in almond milk. See, to me, it's sweeter. And that's why I like it. Well, that might be why I have to get, like, the low-sugar version. Well, I do low-sugar. Do you? Mm Mm-hmm. I... I actually do the unsweetened one, but yeah, that's still, the one get, actually, yeah. it's sweeter taste, to me yeah, than... It tastes like nothing. It tastes like water to me. Mm, that, I even drink it straight up sometimes. It tastes like water. I maybe, use it if I want cereal, which I cereal, quote-unquote. It's that gr- grain-free granola, but I just don't taste anything at all. Maybe it's because, you know, my body is like, yes, Megan, this you can have. Oh, right. The other stuff you cannot. Yes, please, (laughs) pour on the almond milk. We love it. (laughs) Oh, Garcia Rizzoli, Susanna, $25,000 bond. I just, I, listen, he didn't have a mama that sat down and explained to him about his anger issues. (laughs) I have to do this on a regular basis with Canon. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. You have one of them boys that mm-hmm. just, whew. I feel like Johnny's going to be the same way. I really do. I've told you how he, like, hulks out, mm-hmm. gets angry, just slams both his fists on the bed or whatever mm-hmm. when he's mad over stupid stuff. And then he's okay. And then he's fine. Yeah. But I'm like, this is not a healthy way to let this out, kid. Bottle up your emotions. <laughs> no. <laughs> like adults do. No. See, and as long as he continues oh, yeah, hitting okay. his bed, he's okay. Sure. That is Okay. Occasionally, he has his brother. That's, That's not, not okay. Exactly. And that, those are the conversations I have to have with Canon on a regular <laughs> basis. It's okay that you feel angry. <laughs> that is okay. But how you respond in that anger, that's where we need to figure things out. (laughs) Florida man, America's worst superhero. Let's take a break here. When we come back, uh, we got a top list for you. Keep it right here for Sweet Tunes here on LTN Radio, and we'll be back in a few. Stick around. What up, nerd? We hope you're enjoying the podcast. But did you know that Love Thy Nerd showcases most of their content 
on LTN Radio First? That's right. Check the schedule and listen to most of our shows before they're available here over at LTNOnAir.com. While you're streaming, you'll also hear the best mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, and even some content made exclusively for our radio listeners. Stream directly from LTNOnAir.com or download the Live 365 app and favorite LTN Radio. And let us become your new daily soundtrack. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on LTN Radio. I'm Station Manager Matt. And I'm Mo. And before we do anything else, I've got five random facts for you. Bring it on. The tiny pocket in jeans was originally designed to store pocket watches. Originally, jeans only had four pockets. The tiny one, two more in the front, and only one in the back. That's uneven. Mm -hmm. I hate the thought of that. (laughs) Makes you walk uneven. Walk with a limp. (laughs) Um, Getting new equipment to a space station used, used to take months or a year, but with new technology, tools can be ready within minutes as NASA can email tools to astronauts and then they can then 3D print them. Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? I never even thought about that application Mm -hmm. of that. But yeah, that makes the most sense. Yep. Um, In the 1400s, the word fizzle was defined breaking wind quietly in the (laughs) English Oxford Living Dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) So fizzle was a fart. (laughs) This morning, my son, uh, Johnny, who's three, tooted. And Eli said, did you just toot? He goes, no. And Eli said, well, daddy didn't toot and I didn't toot. He goes, I think mommy tooted. Mommy's at work. I think mommy tooted at work and we can smell it in the living room. (laughs) (laughs) My wife got a kick out of that. Came home. I heard you were blaming me for your toots all the way across town. (laughs) Aww. Um, Human noses and ears continue to grow even when the rest of the body's growth has stopped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting, huh? But fingernails and hair do not, despite the appearance that they do. (laughs) It's because your body's decomposing and therefore it's shrinking into a raisin, but your hair and your fingernails just like continue to stay the length that they are. That's fair. It's gross. Bonus fact. You know, that got me thinking, though, like, can you imagine if we were all continued to live with the same size nose and ears that we were born with? <laughs> tiny nose, tiny ears, big old mouth and eyes. Right? Yep. Some people look like that. Mm-hmm. And lastly, no number before 1,000 contains the letter A in its written form. Hmm. Hmm. Here I am counting through all the numbers I know. in my head. <laughs> think you're right i i am <laughs> <laughs> all right we got a midweek top list for you 10 conspiracy theories from kids movies we might not go through all 10 of these but we'll see what we got here okay number one lion king mm. mufasa was the bad guy Mufasa. can you feel the love tonight that phrase will probably make you think of the lion king and then elton john The Lion King is known for catchy tunes and perhaps the saddest death scene in any kid's movie, barring the demise of Bambi's mother. This beloved movie also has a host of fan theories surrounding it, some weird and some fairly dark. Some fans believe that the Lion King 
and Planet of the Apes have the same kind of future, or that Nala is actually Scar's daughter. There's also a theory that says Zazu was actually in cahoots with Scar to get rid of Simba. One of the most persistent fan theories has to be that Mufasa was the real bad guy, not Scar. According to this theory, Mufasa banned all other male lions to ensure that there is no one left to challenge him for the throne. He is physically superior to Scar, so he tolerates him. Therefore, when Mufasa was killed, Scar became an unlikely hero who saved the hyenas and became the best ruler over the Pride Lands. <laughs> they didn't have any food <laughs> by the like, end of the first yeah. three years of his reign, Yeah, right? Uh-huh. They were all dying. They were Yet all dying Scar and starving. Scar is somehow the hero. He's now stupid. I can get, I can kind of get on board with the whole Zazu was in cahoots <clears throat> with Scar. I can, I can see that one. I can see the argument there. That one I'm not gonna huff at. <laughs> this next one is about the minions, and it seems culturally wonky and possibly offensive. So, so we're not gonna, gonna skip touch it. On it. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Don't know about that movie. All right. Here's one. Moana is dead for most of the film. The Moana character has been described as a modern heroine. I hate the word heroine because it's a drug. (laughs) Why can't they just be heroes? There's no actresses anymore. They're just all actors. So why can't we just say they're all heroes? Why do we need a heroine? Anyway. That's a side note. Who doesn't need a male companion to help her navigate life? She decries the title of princess, but revels in calling herself the daughter of the chief. The movie also received high praise for its animation and musical performances. I love Moana. The songs and everything. It's a fantastic movie. In the movie, Moana can't seem to stay away from the ocean, even as a toddler. She eventually braves the waves, befriends a demigod, has a crazy adventure, and returns home to her family at the end. Or does she... A dark theory has it that Moana actually dies during the storm that sees her wash ashore on Maui's island. It states that there is a barrier between Moana's world and that of Maui and the rest of the magical creatures that appear in the movie. In order to communicate with them, Moana either had to be magic herself or dead. Moana interacting with her dead grandmother and other long-gone spirits after the storm is said to be more proof of this theory. I can get behind it. This seems like it could be real. Mm-hmm. If this was a grown-up movie made of the same mm-hmm. premise, I bet that would be the case. Yep. Like it's that. logical. All right. Sully is turned into a toilet seat cover for Monsters, Inc., which took the world by storm in 2001, becoming the third highest-grossing film of that year. The movie's plot is centered around monsters from Monstropolis, Going into the human world at night to scare children and harvest their screams, which I didn't watch as a child because it wasn't out yet, but, I, but Eli's tried watching it. I can see why it's completely terrifying to a child. Hmm. How did this become such a popular kids movie? I think it wasn't really that it was a kids movie. I don't think kids made it popular. Yeah. I think we made it popular yeah, it because we been. were teenagers at that yeah. time. Anyway, when a door on the scare floor in the energy factory is left open, a human child enters the Monstropolis area and the main monster, Sully, tries to get her back home. The villain of the story comes in the form of Randall, who allegedly at one point tells Sully that humans are dangerous and love slaying monsters because they turn their skins into toilet seat covers. 
Sully naturally laughs this off as nonsense. However, in Partysaurus Rex, a short film featuring the dinosaur from Toy Story, there is a bathroom scene depicting a toilet seat cover that looks suspiciously similar to Sully's fur. Coincidence? Of course it's not. And here's more proof that's not even in this. In Toy Story 4, mm-hmm. when the little girl goes to kindergarten for that first day at school, okay. one of the classmates is Boo. Really? Mm-hmm. So this is the same world. Uh-huh. Sully gets caught. That's why there's not been a, a Monsters, Inc. 2 in the future. They had to go back to the past. Because Sully did. Sully did, y'all. Wow. <laughs> You know, that's one of my favorite things about Disney and Pixar movies is finding those hidden connections. Yeah, they do them great. Mm -hmm. And that whole Pixar theory, have you sit and watched like a video on YouTube about the Pixar theory, how every single movie is connected? No, I've read bits and pieces where people have... It's brilliant how they put this together. And every time there's a new movie, somehow they still manage to do it. I'm like, jeez, how do you do it? How do you do it? Personality traits absorbed into cars. Lightning McQueen is just about the cutest Corvette-looking car there is. <laughs> Pixar crushed the box office yet again in 2006 with Cars starring McQueen, a truck named Mac, and several others. A truck named Mac? No one cared about Mac. People cared about Mater. Several others ran in 406. Whoever wrote this article just... $460 million and receiving two Academy Award nominations. Much the same as the other entries on the li- this list, fans couldn't leave well enough alone and came up with a decidedly disturbing theory about this beloved kid's film. The theory starts off with questions including why do the cars have doors if there are no people around? And if the cars have tongues, doesn't that mean they also have internal organs? It then goes on to claim that the reason there is no people around situation is because the cute little cars wiped out the human race and absorbed the personality traits of their owners. Also, the reason the cars have doors is to keep their internal organs as eyes and brains from tumbling out. This got really, really morbid. Like It gets worse. Just and again, not something that's in here, but it's part of the Pixar theory. I think it's in Cars 2. There's a scene where one of the characters, I'm pretty sure it's Mater comes across a car whose headlights are the eyes but the windshield is clear like a normal car and it's like dying and old and decrepit and scary looking and it freaks him out and he runs away but it was a normal looking car headlights for eyes instead of the eyes being in the windshield and that is the other proof that yes this but their theory is that this is happening on earth while everybody's up on that space thing in Wally, uh-huh. that spaceship, like this is part of what happened that destroyed the Earth. Is that the machines, which we talked about on Monday or Tuesday, <laughs> rose up? Here we go and took over the world. Here we go. <sighs> and that one car was like a remnant of back when humans used to drive them. Mm-hmm. See, and it's just happening with Teslas. Like, right? they're going to be the first ones. I mean, that was also an iRobot, remember? Eventually, nobody drives the car. Yeah. Eventually, the car tells you, no, please don't take over and drive. Mm-hmm. It was, like, unadvisable. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. Terrifying stuff. 
Uh, let's see. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? All right. We'll do one more here. Kingdom called Corona. Some theories are more intricately Tangled than others. Tangled, the movie, has been the center of many such rumors, including that it is linked to Frozen and The Little Mermaid. One of these have it that Elsa and Anna's parents were on the way... Anna. Anna, sorry. (laughs) On their way to Rapunzel and Flynn's wedding when their ship went down. Mm -hmm. Ariel and Flounder then came across the shipwreck in The Little Mermaid. Hmm. Another fallout theory, far out theory, reared its head on social media in 2020. Tangled predicted the current coronavirus pandemic. But how, you may ask? Well, since Rapunzel is locked away, Reed quarantined from her kingdom, which is named Corona. Is any more proof needed than that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean. It was a 10 year in the past prediction of what was going to happen here in 2020. Yep. We're all, Rapunzel, dying to get out of this place. Wielding frying pans. (laughs) But let us all remember Mother knows best. I love that movie, though. Mother Tangled is great. Mm-hmm. Frozen was great. Frozen, you know, got old though real quick because it was too popular. Oh, but Frozen Two, oh, Frozen Two is so good. I've only watched so, it one time, and oh I don't goodness. think I fully appreciated it. Oh, seriously, I love the fact that it's got this whole '80s feel to it. It does. It did have an '80s feel to it. I did really like the song, that main song, where she's arguing with the voice she hears. Mm-hmm. That. Blows Let It Go out of the water, Oh yeah, in my opinion. Hands down. Um, it also has some spiritual connections as far as that song is concerned that yeah. I've wanted to like touch on one day. Okay. Um, but I also loved Kristoff's song. Which one was that one? Well, I can't remember right now. <laughs> but the it was like the it had the 80s feel, like the 80s love ballad feel, and it did the whole three-angled shot. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But still, by far my favorite part of, of Frozen 2 was Olaf's recap of the whole story. I don't remember it. You don't remember that? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. You don't remember that? No. <laughs> I just remember, Samantha? I don't even know a Samantha. <laughs> Your parents are going off to her wedding. Their parents are dead. <laughs> you don't remember? Yes. <laughs> He was probably, who would have ever thought that the snowman would be like the most beloved character in Mm -hmm. the whole movie? Well, uh, Disney did because pretty much everywhere about America, the poster's main feature was Elsa. But in America, the poster for the first movie, they shifted it to Olaf because they were afraid boys wouldn't go see the movie. Oh, that's true. So, like, if we make it focus on the snowman, boys and girls will come watch this movie. Mm. They were right. That's true. <laughs> American kids are too picky with their movies. Picky, picky, picky. <laughs> anyway, that's our that's our theories. Mm. There's probably more out there. We should do a show where we just cover the whole Pixar theory. It's it's crazy. 
It gets nuts. Yeah. It gets crazy nuts. All right. Before we go, though, before we leave this segment, I've got a bad joke for you. Oh, Are you ready? No. <laughs> I went on a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Never again. Because <laughs> it's once in it's a lifetime. It's so funny. Couldn't go back. You know what it's All right, let's take a break there. When we come back, it's Holy Hump Day, and we're going to be talking about the mission field of esports. Settle into your gaming chair when we come back. Stick around. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So for the past two weeks, my youth group has been playing a live-action version of the game Among Us. I'll be doing administrative stuff in the building, and I'll hear a flock of running preteens scream, emergency meeting, as they fly past the door. Or I'll see a kid come around a corner screaming, dead body! Which, you know, is not something you ever really get used to when you work in a church building. But uh, it's okay. They have a great time. And, you know, they walk around making side eyes at each other saying, you're sus. And it's fun. It's dumb. It's a good connecting activity for them. And I'm really grateful for it. I've never actually even played the game. I've downloaded it. But my life isn't in the place right now where I've got time to play online games on my phone other than Pokemon Go. But anyway, one of the things that really stood out to me about this, though, is the fact that this is something we actually deal with in the Christian church on a regular basis. The fact that there are people among us as believers who are imposters. Um, And sometimes imposters are people that are intentionally deceiving others. And sometimes imposters are people that are just straight up deceiving themselves. But the reality is we need to be cautious of how we respond to others and actually look for the fruit in their lives and not just trust a label or presence. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. The fact is that there are people who think they are where they belong in their relationship with God, and they're not. I can say for a fact, I have done major damage in my life by trusting people who I thought were believers simply because they use that name and I put myself in bad situations. I've been hurt. I've been wounded. But what I can tell you is this. We need to not only use discernment, but we need to make sure we are living out lives where we're not imposters ourselves. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Radio Morning Show, only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about what Faith and Fandom does, you can head over to our Facebook page where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, memes, podcasts, and the seven books that are currently out in our Faith and Fandom book series. I'm Hector Mirai, and thanks for sharing 180 seconds of your day. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on LTN Radio. I'm Station Manager Matt. And I'm Mo, and it's Holy Hump Day. She doesn't like that term. And we're talking about esports and how they're becoming the latest mission field. So Love Thy Nerd is no stranger to the idea of the mission field of the gaming world. 
but it does appear that it is becoming a more popular idea, especially during coronavirus time. We have an article today from Christianity Today, and we're going to go through it and discuss it. Written by David Roach. It's called The Next Mission Field is a Game. He wrote, Until the COVID-19 pandemic, Roman Karipinov didn't realize the missionary potential of video games. Roman, I'm not going to keep saying the last name. Roman ran soccer academies for refugees and immigrants in Houston, using the sport as a platform to share Christ with children. When the coronavirus paused in-person outreach, the ministry came up with an alternative. Soccer coaches would begin playing video games on the live stream platform Twitch and invite players to watch and ask spiritual questions. On Twitch, participants talk with each other as they play or type back and forth in a chat box, Hmm. which is what Love Thy Nerd does. Pretty much every night, I think, except Sundays. There's always somebody streaming for a few hours every single night uh, over at twitch.com slash nerd. Uh, and it was a hit. Teenage soccer players reluctant to spend 15 minutes discussing spiritual matters in person were willing to engage for three to four hours over video games online. Eventually, the ministry opened its Twitch channel to the public and began to establish a presence on other gaming platforms as well, with coaches talking with people online. Among the success stories, a man from the Netherlands professed faith in Christ while, while gaming, uh, then brought five friends to hear the gospel too. Uh, Roman said, the people that we're starting to observe on these gaming platforms are actually seeking a lot of spiritual things. They're very hungry for the gospel. Uh, Esports, video game competitions, has more than doubled its viewership in the past decade to an estimated 454 million people worldwide. Most popular esports championships rival the Super Bowl in viewership. When South Korea hosted the World Championship Finals for the battle game League of Legends two years ago, the event drew almost 100 million people watching online. Wow. Ridiculous. Professional esport players, many of them teenagers, sign with teams, compete in brick-and-mortar arenas packed with fans, and take t- and at times take home multi-million dollar prizes. Good grief. Teams have starters, substitutes, and leagues, just like traditional sports. But gaming includes a wide span of casual players, too. A third of the world's population plays video games, including more adult women than teenage boys. According to data compiled by the online ministry training research Multiplication School. When the coronavirus caused lockdowns around the world last spring, some traditional sports leagues like NASCAR and the NBA turned to esports to hold their fans' attention, putting their stars into video game tournaments. Some Christian sports ministries saw an opportunity too. A group of about 35 of them got together on Zoom to strategize. It's a connection point, said Andre Dixon of Brazil, who trains soccer coaches to discipline, to disciple youth players, not discipline, <laughs> disciple youth players. We think about esports as a place where people People are. Uh, let's see here. Some Christians have moral qualms about video games and have shied away from esports. Many video games are of real-world sports like FIFA and NBA 2K, but many others include sexualized or violent content such as Overwatch or Valorant. There are other concerns about other negative effects. Uh, while playing video games has been linked to improvements in cognitive skills, 9% of gamers show signs of addiction. According to Multiplication School, and video game abuse has been linked to anxiety and depression. 
Canadian Stefano DeSalvo, the most prominent professional esports player to share his Christian testimony openly, has experienced the dark side of esports. He played video games eight hours per day as a teenager to escape the pain of a broken home. Then he found a relationship with Jesus at age 15 before launching his pro career. He sought to be salt and light in the industry and was known by his screen name, Verbo, the Italian word for word, signifying the word of God. De Silvo left esports at 19. Many teenage gamers are escaping from their own reality and kind of taking out that anger, taking out that depression on other people online, and it creates this toxic environment at times. That may be a reason to avoid esports, or it may be a reason to find lost souls there. Christians must wake up to the reality of gaming in church, said Bumble Ho, pastor of Redemption Point Church, a Vietnamese congregation in Foundation Valley, California. The church hosted a tournament this year with about 10 other area churches. John Merritt, who coaches esports for Oklahoma Wesleyan University, knows the spiritual needs of players firsthand. He got into video games as a teenager, struggling with depression, sometimes playing up to 18 hours a day. He attempted suicide before finally finding new life in Christ. Now he's part of the Unashamed Network, a community of Christians that seeks to reach fellow gamers for Christ. At one point, he reached 20,000 viewers with his evangelistic gaming stream. Recently, a gaming friend messaged Merritt to say, I met with a pastor today to be saved. I credit you as a part of the journey to this. Well, I mean, this kind of thing is happening. And you, you heard most of the names and most of the churches are not like English churches. Mm -hmm. They're Vietnamese churches. Right. They're from other places or other culture churches within America. It's it's like America that's afraid to jump into this, mm -hmm. <laughs> is what I'm getting from this. We have large groups of students from China, for example, that now know that about esports programs here and are much more involved on campus. And we use our recruiting network to reach other students from China itself, said uh, Greenville University coach B.J. Fink. It's, it's like Christians view gaming as an enemy. It's, 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 it's like we put this kind of barrier between our faith and video games mm -hmm. as as a culture maybe not person to person but as a culture we kind of have the same overall feeling like we do about drinking or tattoos or anything else or like we talked about cussing the other day just like eh, some of it's bad some of it's definitely a sin let's just put it all behind that curtain you know what i mean yeah it gives it has a stigma to it but i don't understand why I don't really either, other than the fact that there have always been violent games. Okay, okay. but why not movies then? Exactly. Sure. You know? Totally I get just... it. And, uh, I, but I remember what started it, or at least what I think started it, was politics. I watched the documentary Console Wars recently, which was about the early days of Nintendo versus Sega. Okay. And one of the things that really hit was uh, the Republicans at the time brought Nintendo and Sega to court to testify about the grotesque violence in video games that were going on at that point. Because there was no rating system at the time. And uh, even the rating system was like a political move. All of it has been politically driven. And I remember Nintendo got a point in that meeting because Nintendo had chosen to remove blood and some of the more gory fatalities from Mortal Kombat for the Nintendo version. Okay. Instead of blood, it was like green sludge mm -hmm. that came out or whatever. And Sega 
went the opposite route. They were the more extreme brand at the time. Like, we're going to have it all. We're going to have the game in its full glory. And so Nintendo got to point that out in court there saying, look, we've always tried to be more friendly, family friendly. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're doing over there kind of thing. But, you know, they scored a point right there in the yeah. courtroom. But uh, in the end, more people bought the Sega version. And that was one of the things that turned it around for Sega winning that time frame. Mm-hmm. And it's because people don't like to be censored. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes like this fight between those who kind of stand more on the morality side and want to see everybody obey our own morality and those who don't want to be told what to do. And so that creates a chasm that creates an us versus them mentality. And I think Christian culture then became this point of, well, all video games are bad and people who like video games are bad. And the only way they ever inked over to the other side was buying Nintendos. Nintendos typically have a vast majority of their catalog be family fr- family family friendly games mm-hmm. now of course they still have several games that are not but right. you can buy that system and know you have at least a dozen games you could buy your kid that won't have any problem in it yeah anything negligible i mean anything uh, objectionable but uh you can't say the same about xbox and ps5 mm-hmm. there are games but those aren't the popular games that you're going to see. Right. Mario is always going to be a popular game, and there are like 17 Mario games with every system. Yeah. Mario Kart, Mario Tennis, three different kinds of normal Mario. Just they're going everywhere. Mm-hmm. And all of them are safe. Even Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. The fighting game that is gloriously cartoony. There's no blood. It's hardly violent at all because it's so over the top. So all of that seems perfectly safe. Perfectly safe. You have to really do your research for the other ones to make sure you're getting something that wouldn't cross those lines. And so I think Christians stick on the Nintendo side. They stick on some of the phone games, you know, sign that we have smartphones now. You can play Candy Crush, sure, whatever. That's not against God's will. (laughs) But then we demonize everything else. We demonize people that play video games for a living. And that's one of the things that Love Thy Nerd, you know, recognized as well when it was starting. It's like, look, this is a whole community of people that the church just doesn't even care about the church looks upon with such disdain that they don't even reach out to them i'm really thankful for the churches that i've been a part of because i don't i've never experienced that Mm -hmm. i've never even encountered or had a conversation with anybody in all my life yeah yeah, we've been fortunate. Where video games have been demonized. Absolutely. I, yeah, we've been fortunate, but there just it's a lot of other areas. That's interesting to me. And so we had like we had Love Thy NerdCon mm-hmm. uh, two weekends ago. And you know, I've been talking with some of the guys after the fact saying, you know, what's the reception been like? And like overwhelmingly it was positive. Mm-hmm. We had a handful of people that were really upset. <laughs> and we're like, why? And they just go on, well, we got this thing that just listed a thousand Bible verses about why everything we're doing is wrong. And I'm like, hmm, (laughs) I'd like to read that. (laughs) Because while I don't ever want to downplay using scripture to back up your points, when you're using scripture as your points, where it's just a cherry-picked handful of verses Mm -hmm. out of context, that's always a sign of you are absolutely losing this argument because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's typically what these kind of things are. And it's sad that we have that reaction. 
it's sad that we can look at something that even, no, no ministry is going to be perfect, but you look at a ministry that is obviously doing something so great, reaching so many people, you hear the testimonies, you see the stories, you see the, the reaction uh, from the vast majority of people, both Christian and not, applauding this kind of ministry and willing to sit there and know that they're going to hear the name Jesus, they're going to hear the gospel uh, throughout this ministry and not be turned off by it and not walk away from it. And you see all that, but you say, well, you're playing this game and it has... Uh, well, a quote that Chris Waltney used was, uh, well, you're playing this game and this game has six cuss words and I only play games with five cuss words or less. You know, wow. that's the kind of mindset that people get. It's like, we have this arbitrary line and mm-hmm. you're crossing it and so you're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, we don't think about using this as a platform. You remember a couple of years ago, we talked about VR church. We talked about this church that was meeting entirely online in a virtual environment. Okay. Remember that? No. <laughs> I feel like that, that's been our life in 2020. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about that. But no, I mean, like it's a created video game like church that you walk in, you have your little avatar, and there's a little avatar guy. He's a real guy, and he's giving a real sermon. No, but how do I not remember, don't remember this, this conversation? No. Well, it's in, our, it's in our podcast feed for Back Row, Back Row Morning Show as one of the classic episodes, so you can go check it out. Okay. But <laughs> anyway, back then we were talking about, basically the question we were asking was, this is a good idea or a bad idea? And we kind of came to the conclusion that, you yeah, know, of course this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's, of course we want real connection with real believers. You want to encourage like an in-person fellowship. But especially if you're homebound or if you're super shy, if this is what gets you in the door of a quote-unquote church, if this is what gets you started and growing in your faith, of course it's a great idea. Or a global pandemic happens. A global pandemic happens, join a virtual church. (laughs) Okay, can I just make a point, though? It's crazy to me to say that to put any sort of stipulations... And I'm sure as I say this, there's going to be some stipulations that come to my mind where, oh, sorry, some sort of stipulations that come to my mind where I'm like, okay, well, that's not a crazy stipulation. But anyway, it's crazy to me to put stipulations on ways that we can minister to people. Mm -hmm. And to say, you know, well, you can't reach people through video games. That's not, that's sacrilegious or that, you know, that's sinful or something, whatever. That's almost like saying, you know, don't learn a second language. Don't learn how to speak Spanish because in order to reach Spanish speaking people, don't do that. If they want to come to know the Lord, then they need to learn how to speak the language that you're speaking. That to me, that's the feeling that it gets. Yeah. You know, the feeling that it gives off. Because if I want to reach certain people, I have to meet them where they are. Exactly. I have to come to a common ground with them. I have to be willing to speak their language in order for them to hear me and to understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And that includes the gaming world. And the one thing that I still just cannot fathom christians still do on such a a massive scale is this idea of not going to where the people are Mm -hmm. the idea of we stay in our churches and when they eventually come to us that's when we minister to them yeah or we'll go to like third world countries or whatever things that are impoverished and we'll give them like candy and whatever and then they'll want to hear jesus 
all of those have worked, sure. But when we talk about like the ministry of Jesus, where he went and ate with tax collectors, ate mm-hmm. with sinners, went to where the people were, he didn't wait for them to come to him. Mm-hmm. He went there, he hung out with them, and he gave them the truth. He didn't belittle them. The only people he ever talked down to were the overly religious people that thought they had all the answers. Mm-hmm. Those are the only people he ever talked down to, only people he ever called snakes and vipers. He never, never treated the lost soul who genuinely needed him as someone not worth chasing. Mm-hmm. And if we can find the opportunity to get into a situation where we can be genuine, we can be welcoming, we can be not so pushy that we push everybody right away, but open enough and trustworthy enough that someone will eventually be able to let their guard down, no matter where that place is, that's where we should be. We Mm -hmm. should be all things to all people. We should be in those areas, knowing that we're not of this world, but knowing that we want everybody else to come with us Mm -hmm. home. Mm Mm-hmm. We need to treat that as the ultimate goal, not as protect ourselves, keep everybody else out. And if they want to come in, they can knock on the door and we'll let them in. Mm -hmm. But open those doors and let the people come in. Mm -hmm. And we see that in a more like controversial way with like our actual churches when like homosexual couples want to come in. That's a touchy topic. Do we let them come in? Do we let them join the church? What do we do at that point? Like, if they're earnestly seeking God, we let them earnestly seek God mm-hmm. and let God work out whatever they have in their their issues and their story. That's mm-hmm. between God and them. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be, you know, steps you got to take when it comes to, like, leadership within the church or whatever, and that's fine. But, again, it's like you said with video games but not movies. We do the same thing with homosexuality but not people who are divorced or people People who are are, gluttons or all these other very visible things. We don't bar anybody else who obviously has a sin in their life. Absolutely. To keep it socially accept it more. Right. To keep it within the same kind of family. We want to kick out the homosexuals, but we are okay with someone, uh, an unmarried couple living together an unmarried yeah. couple who have children together, you know, f- for some reason. And the point we're making is we should be okay with all of those people being in the church. Absolutely. <laughs> Not the other way around of let's kick all those people out. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that how I was I sounding? think both of us kind of sounded like that a little bit. <laughs> I, uh. I have been given the green light um, to openly discuss, but my sister is a gay female. Yeah. Um, and she has a girlfriend and it was a very difficult situation for us this past summer when we went camping because according to my whole family, family, yeah. Um, according to some of my family members, extended family members, I am hateful of their lifestyle. I am homophobic and just simply because I'm a Christian And so when I first met my sister's girlfriend and I walked up and gave her a hug, she just kind of crumbled. But they like prepared her for you to be awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't. Uh Uh-huh. And I came right out and I told them one night, you know, as we were all chatting and talking and Chris and I had had conversations with our kids and let them know, you know, this is, this is the lifestyle that Gigi is living. This is 
you know, this is what you're going to see. This is how it is. We had prepared our kids, had conversations with them, allowed them to ask us questions in a private setting, you know, before we threw them into something that they didn't really understand or know about. Um, but then I had a sit down conversation with my sister and her girlfriend. And I said, listen, I do not agree with it the life that the two of you are choosing to live. I don't agree with it. I think it's sinful and this is why, but you are my sister and I love you. And above anything else, that is more important to me, that you know that no matter what, I love you 100%. And that's most important. And this past week, we are, our grandmother passed away and my sister was threatened to not be able to go to her funeral, um, was told that she would be kicked out if her and her girlfriend attended. And while I don't agree with their lifestyle, I was very proud of my sister because she stood her ground and approached this person and said, if I can't come, then your daughter who's unmarried but has kids can't come either. <laughs> and that's something that I think we tend to forget. We, yeah. we are so black and white as Christians. Your sin is what, worse than my sin. Uh -huh, what makes us feel uncomfortable is the worst of the worst, mm -hmm. but we're willing to overlook the things that we personally do on a regular daily basis that go against God's word, yeah. that quench the Holy Spirit. You know, there was a, what was the, the list that you put out a couple years ago? That, uh, un, un, ungrieve the spirit list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you sit, there was a while where I kept that list on my refrigerator because yeah. it was a direct reminder every single day of a multitude of things that I do that quench the Holy Spirit within my life, mm -hmm. you know, that just break the Lord's heart. Mm -hmm. And when you have that direct reminder every single day, staring you in the face, and we all do because we all have the word of God, you know, we all have the Bible that we can open up and see. But when we have that direct reminder, it makes it really easy to stop judging other people and to see them from the perspective that God sees them from, which is just love. Somebody, like you said, somebody worth chasing after. Somebody sitting down at a table and just being really honest and saying, I love you and God loves you too. And that's what matters. Yeah. You know, when you have that list, it makes it really easy to stop judging other people and start really doing some self-reflection into your own life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one last thing we'll talk about with this esports thing is one of the big deals going on right now is that watching people play video games has exploded as a form of entertainment, mm. especially with younger kids and teenagers. My, I don't understand. My seven-year-old, when he gets his Kindle, that's essentially all he does. He watches people play Minecraft and Super Mario. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, pfft. I thought that same thing. I'm like, what do you see in this? Mm -hmm. But then Among Us happened. Have you played Among Us? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have watched like 20 playthroughs on YouTube of people playing Among Us. And I have been, and they're all like 15, 20 minutes long. And I am enthralled. Really? <laughs> I'm like, I get it. If it's a game that you like, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. But... What's the big deal is the Twitch streams. When you're watching along, which this is what they do with Love Thy Nerd, and it really took off once Corona hit because they hadn't been doing it as much. 
But once Corona hit and they couldn't go to conventions all over the country or whatever, they're like, all right, what's another way we can reach people? We can stream every single night. Mm -hmm. So they stream every single night. They kind of swap who's going to do it, uh, alternate. And they just sit there and they connect with Discord as well. So they have people in their ear talking at the same time um, as people chatting as well Mm -hmm. on Twitch. But then they can, you know, chat with people live as it's going, uh, both audibly and on screen. And it's just a community. It's such a connection there. And that is, you know, occasionally spiritual matters will come up while they're playing and that's fine. And it's fine that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's fine that they have a safe place to go with people who care about them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that one of the uh, speakers, I think it was Mike Perna during uh, LTN con said is this kind of ministry is, is seen as plowing the fields and the beginnings of planting seeds. It's like plowing the rough, hard ground in people who might not trust church in any other way, might not trust Christians in any other way, and giving them a chance now to have a seed planted. Mm -hmm. And when we think of seed planting, like that term, planting a seed, often we think about like evangelists going around and and, you know, speaking the word to people that might never heard it before or whatever. And that's certainly a form of it. But when you actually think of what a seed is and the potential that's in it, it really is just a really small connection to God that can grow into something massive. Mm-hmm. And if all they do is show a little bit of Christ's love to somebody who doesn't see it anywhere else while they're playing a video game on stream. Mm-hmm. That little bit of doubt in the way they've thought about Christians their whole life, or the way they've thought about Jesus their whole life, that little bit of maybe I'm wrong about this thing could be enough to start growing into let's see what this Jesus guy is all about. Mm-hmm. And if that's not a ministry worth doing, I don't know what is. I agree. I agree. You know, Tim Tebow got like all sorts of praise when he wrote John 3.16 on his... Cheekbones. Yeah. (laughs) Eye black? Is that what it's called? It's called something. And to me, this is just another form of Tim Tebowing, you know, (laughs) where he was meeting a group of people while standing in his faith yeah you know but not in a not in a way that was confrontational right it was in a way that was opening up the doors for opportunities to speak mm-hmm. and it certainly did that mm-hmm. all he did was write john three sixteen mm-hmm. on his face yeah very little in the eye black mm-hmm. in just that little black thing that they put underneath the eye to reduce glare. He wrote John three sixteen. It sparked a national conversation. Mm-hmm. And who knows how many people who had followed Tim Tebow didn't know he was a believer. And that one little thing is like, I wonder why he's a believer. Mm-hmm. Let's look exactly. into it. Exactly. Perfect parallel. Mm-hmm. For To be a mom of a gamer, because my oldest is very much, <laughs> very much a gamer. I have one that's an athlete and one that is a gamer. And so as a mom, I look at this and think, this is amazing. You know, this is just another way that I know 
he can be hearing the word, yeah. you know, and something that we have to really get onto him sometimes because it can become an idol. And that's yeah. something that we struggle he struggles with that we try to walk him through on a regular mm-hmm. basis, you know, not making it something that's a priority in his life. Yes, it's something that's fun and enjoyable, but Jesus is priority, right? You know, but to to have the thought that, yeah, he can be on this video game for hours upon hours, but that doesn't mean that he's not receiving the word. He's not engaging in spiritual conversations, right? You know. That to me, that is encouraging. I don't see it as anything more than encouraging as far as a Christian standpoint is concerned. Yeah. While, uh, while esports could be, or video, let's say video games, mm-hmm. while video games could be a place with, with you know, toxicity, it often is. Mm-hmm. And I, I give you that. But it's also an opportunity to kind of let our guard down. When uh, I remember when I was a kid uh, in sixth grade, we got Goldeneye for N64. Mm-hmm. Best dang N64 game. Me and my buddy Nathan or my buddy Paul, or sometimes all three of us, would be over and we would be playing that for hours at my house. And we had the deepest conversations mm-hmm. about all things, but including faith. Mm hmm. During those times when we weren't looking each other in the eye, we were playing the game, our guard was down, we didn't feel awkward because our actions were playing a video game, Mm -hmm. and we were just letting stuff fly out of our mouths, just chatting, but talking about some Mm -hmm. deep stuff. Yeah. And it's that opportunity where you can feel comfortable to open up a bit, Mm -hmm. because you know you're in a safe place. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that kind of, it's almost like... (laughs) It's almost like having to distract yourself from pain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if... if, uh, if yeah, you know, when you're going to get blood drawn. Right? You're like, I'm going to watch something on my phone while this is happening so yeah. I can pay attention to that instead of this. Mm-hmm. And it lessens the pain just a yeah. little bit. And that's kind of what this does too. It, it kind of takes care of all your other senses, mm-hmm. takes care of your overthinking because you're overthinking about the video game instead of everything else. Yeah. Instead of, oh, what's this person going to think of if I ask this question? And it lets you be real for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I can't, I can't think of a better ministry for this time period right now. Uh, and another reason that uh, I'm glad we're a part of Love Thy Nerd now. So if, uh, if you're into it, tonight, I bet, go to twitch.com slash lovethynerd. Check out their streaming schedule. You'll also see, you know, past videos there too. Um, you don't need an account to watch or anything, or even to chat along. I don't think. Go check it out. It might not be your cup of tea, but you might actually find out that hey, this is something pretty cool, and you'd like to get involved with it. <sighs> mm-hmm. All right. That was a good article. <laughs> Again, that was an article that kicked it off anyway. Our discussion from Christianity Today called The Next Mission Field is a Game by David Roach. There's a lot of it that we did not read through, so go check it out if you want to read the full thing. Uh, really good article. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. All right, let's take one final break for today. When we come back, we share something that we love. Stick around. What's up, everybody? It's Station Manager Matt, and this is Five Not Cool Things. 
Number six, watching someone make a complete fool of themselves and being more embarrassed than they are. Number seven, slugs, aka nudist snails. Ugh. Number eight, when my phone rings and it's a number I don't recognize, giving me an anxiety attack about whether it's a friend with a new phone or a telemarketer urgently trying to get a hold of me about my car's extended warranty. Number nine, people who pretend like they have something extremely important to do right at the very second when it comes time to help clean up. And number 10, when someone calls you but you don't reach the phone in time, so you call them right back, but they're still talking on your voicemail, so you get their voicemail and hang up and dial again, and it goes to the voicemail again because she's trying to call you again at the same time you're trying to call her, so you hang up and think, if I call her again, she could be calling me and we'll both get each other's voicemail again, but... If I don't call her, she might be waiting for me to be the one to call. So you're in this call or don't call tug of war in your mind for about 15 minutes before she finally gets through to you to tell you that she was just calling to say, hey, what's up? Those are five things that are not cool. But you know what is cool? Just like friggin' being nice to people. People are having a hard time right now, like all the people. So just be a little nicer. Help their days get a little bit better. Huh? Good goal. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show, and things are winding down for the day. But first, we're going to share with you some things that we love. I I feel like every year I realize how much I love this and then it goes away. You know, it stays around for a little bit and then it goes away and I forget about it and then it comes back and I'm like, oh, I love this so much. Candy corn. No. <laughs> I hate candy corn. It's like eating earwax. It's just honey flavored candy. Whatever. Uh, Dancing with the Stars. Really? Yes. The only one I've ever seen was the one dance that the Carlton came back. Oh, yeah. I loved that one. Yeah. But everything else I have no interest in. So the reason that I love Dancing with the Stars is because we have this idea about celebrities that they live this great, wonderful life and that they do everything really well and that they're <laughs> kind of untouchable and nothing, you know, they can't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. just kind of the, the mentality that you get. They're on with, a pedestal. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And to see them, now, yes, some of them are amazing dancers. Some... Some of them are just absolutely phenomenal. And you're like, what? I had no idea that one in particular where Canon is always like, wait, who's the professional dancer? Is, mm. it, is it him or her? You know? And so that's when you know that they're actually, they've got some talent behind yeah. them. But then you have the other celebrities that are just, they have no rhythm. <laughs> they're just not really good dancers at all. But they go out and they give it their best shot. And they know that they're sucking, but they don't care. They're enjoying it. They're having fun. Um, and it just kind of, one, it makes you realize that, yes, celebrities are not good at everything. They can <laughs> fail at certain things as well. But, two, that it's okay to do things that you're not always going to be great at. Yeah. It's okay to do something fail at it but still have fun still enjoy the process so anyway that that is my something that i love okay i like that i yep. like that i don't agree but i like that no, Whatever. I'm <laughs> uh mine i guess we already kind of mentioned uh i'm gonna say among us oh my gosh so let me tell you why this is important okay go for i it. hate 
cooperative games, especially online stuff. I just don't like it. I don't trust other people. I <laughs> have never enjoyed it. I want one-player games where it's just me having a good time, slaving away at the game. Control freak, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> and But then LTNCon, they were talking about Among Us, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what this is. And I go in, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've been seeing memes about this. All right, I'll play a game. Oh, my gosh, it's addictively fun. I cannot imagine... I could never have imagined myself being like this, but I am just into it. Every spare second right now, I'm like, I bet I could get a game in if I that thing open. To the point where now I rage out when people aren't doing it right. If you are the imposter and you quit the game whenever people start suspecting you, you stink. I hate you. I don't even know you and I hate your guts. You knew what this game was. You play it all the way through. We need to see the victory thing, and we need to see you flying through space because we voted you out. That's how it works. Dang it. Anyway, I've only been imposter twice. Uh, I've played at least 40 games oh my in the gosh. last week. <laughs> and you've only been imposter twice? I've only twice? been imposter twice. It's really infuriating, but then again, when you're the imposter, it's tense. <laughs> it is... You are every corner looking there, everywhere. Can't get caught, can't get caught. Gotta kill people. <laughs> and both times, though, and I didn't know this was good until I talked to my buddy Bubba, uh, both times I've gotten to where I've killed all but two people. Yeah. I just needed to kill one more person, but they like figured out it was me, hit the emergency meeting, and I was gone. I'm like, dang it, if only I'd gotten to you beforehand. So... It's our family's addiction. Yeah, you're all doing it right now? We all play every <laughs> night before bed. And I've actually never played a public game. I only okay. play privately. Uh, that's got to be much better. I, well, and here's the thing. We don't use the chat box because we're all in the same room. Yeah, and so, so just talk it out. we just talk it out. That's brilliant. Yep. Yeah. Um, you are not allowed to call an emergency meeting if you just automatically suspect somebody. You can't. If you see somebody vent... You can't call an emergency meeting. You have to find the dead body. You can't call when you nope. see a vent? No, because then it, no, it's not proof. Then it's just your word against the imposter's word. It's not proof. There is no dead body at that point. The dead body is the proof. That is how we, that is how we run our game in our house. Because it just turns into this big, no, I didn't vent. <laughs> yes, you did. I saw you vent. You vented from navigation to da 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 No, no, you didn't. I was no, on cams. Didn't. I saw it happen. Yes. <laughs> and that's something else. If you are sitting on cams, if you're in security and you're just watching the whole time, your argument's invalid. What? You can't argue no, with me. No, I think, in my opinion... You can do that, but only after you finished every single one of your tasks. Yeah. If you finished every single one of your tasks, then you're allowed to go sit on cams and try and figure out who it is. Until you do that, you cannot. That's, That's my fair. Opinion. Same thing with admin table. That's fair. Use the admin table until you find it. So we started something completely brand new. The boys introduced us to it last night. Apparently, it's a thing. I don't know if you've seen Apparently it in the public. It's a thing, guys. In the public games yet, but we played hide and seek. Hide and seek. Yes, I was going to bring it up. Yeah. Really fun. Turn the lights all the way down to zero and uh -huh. keep them there. Yeah. You and know who the imposter is yeah, right you know away. Yeah, it is, and you just uh -huh. got to finish your tasks. Yeah. Before he kills everybody. Yes. Yeah. I've only yeah. gotten to play one game, and there was one guy in it that didn't understand, 
and it was upsetting and yeah. it didn't work out. But for a little while, it was fun, and I was the imposter in that game. Yeah. And it was really fun. Yeah. We have found, like, <laughs> some of the best hiding places. Although I also don't like to use all the other maps. I just want that one original, like, spaceship yeah, map yeah. Thing, thing. I haven't yeah. been brave enough to go try the other ones yet. We did a couple of the other ones a couple times, and I was like, I don't like this. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm the, doing. The one with the... The one on the ground, I don't think I like. I've watched videos of people on that. I don't think I like just for the fact that the doors, you got to flip the switches to get in the doors every time mm. for certain places. I'm like, that would be annoying. That'd just be, that's like an extra task you have to do that doesn't even accomplish anything for yeah. you. I'm like, forget that. But uh, if I'm going to try another one, it's going to be that weird space station one. That mm -hmm. on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a fun, fun it's day. It's been. Day. What's your nickname on it? Mo Mama. <laughs> it's been a super fun game we've all really really enjoyed it and it's fun because poor canon the first like several games that we played everybody just Topher is like the best liar mm. he has the best arguments every time now he self-reports and we've learned like I have figured out every trick, single yeah. one of my kids tells Every single, and they're like, how did you know it was me? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. Because like each one of you do something every single time. It's like a double trick. And mm -hmm. that's a trick that he probably learned from Ninja or other places I yeah. know that he watches. Yeah. Because Ninja always pulls that trick. He'll self-report and say, I'm not stupid enough to self-report because that's seen as a noob tactic. Yeah. So it's like, you know I'm not dumb enough to do this, mm -hmm. and that's how I get away with doing it. Yeah. Well, and then Topher's big thing is, okay, tell me what your tasks were. Because, yeah. you know, imposter doesn't have tasks. Tell me what your tasks were then. What were you doing? And I'm like, seriously? There have been a couple times where I've killed somebody, I've been imposter, I've killed somebody and not realized that somebody was coming around the corner or whatever and it every every single time it's Topher and I'm killing somebody else and he's like really mom for real and at that point I'm just like yeah it was me what am, what am I gonna do what <laughs> I saw you come in here and kill this person you're the imposter you were the I just can't do it especially you can't lie you can't do it because the face-to-face -face thing like I just can't I, there have been a couple times when you're doing it online with just the chat, uh, your your first go-to is as soon as somebody reports a dead body, you have to type where. Because if you don't type where, the people just assume you knew where it was. I've been kicked out of so many games because I wasn't active enough in the chat and I wasn't the imposter. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to get through this. Right. I don't care where it was. If we can finish our tasks, which we're almost done with, we win. All right, Cannon. <laughs> that is his thing. Why are you doing your tasks? Right. Don't go walk around in groups not doing anything. Yeah. Fix the dang ship and we win. Oh, see, that's another rule that we have in our house because it's only five of us. Yeah. There is no buddying. You right. cannot walk around yeah. with somebody else. We're not playing that game. <laughs> nope. All right, we're going to talk about this way too long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. It is a really good game, guys. Yeah. Try it out. It's free mm -hmm. on your phone. Go get it. Hey, but what's your name? Because you made me oh, tell yeah. mine. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Yellow Dart, and I'm a little yellow guy, and I have a little <laughs> yellow party hat, so I look like a dart. Okay, I'm yellow, but I have the leaf, so I look like a lemon. <laughs>
Yep. Yellow, yellow squad, yellow gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mo mama. Let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you would like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, please visit lovethynerd.com slash give and choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. And don't forget that you can select Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice on smile.amazon.com, and that gives LTN a small kickback from your purchases at absolutely no extra cost to you. And don't forget to follow us on all the socials at at the back row LTN, at LTN on air, and at Love Thy Nerd. And the Back Row Morning Show has its own Facebook group community for Christian humor, Back Row Baptist Church. So search us out and join in on the fun. Lastly, the Back Row Morning Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So go find them, subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Something along the lines of... It's fine. Join us tomorrow morning for Back Row Rewind, where we take you back to the first Ooh, interaction. Nope, sorry, didn't fix that nope, either. Yeah, mm-hmm. A rewind of some sort. We're going to take you back to something <laughs> right here on LTN Radio at 7 a.m. Central Time with an encore at 9 a.m. And Matt and I will be back with new episodes next Monday. Have a great day. Oh, this is going to be the one they listen to. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> and remember, everyone, if nobody else tells you, I promise it's true. Jesus loves you, Mary. Oh.